Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHayes. I'm obsessed with all things business and fitness. I left my career as a TV reporter, followed my dreams, and created a multiple six-figure online coaching business in just one year. Now I'm sharing my strategy with you. Oh, and we'll keep it real, discussing mindset, money, and hardship to help you build the life of your dreams. So grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. Again, welcome to the Taylor Living Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm stoked for this birthday episode, you guys. I have done a Lessons Learned podcast before, but this is really... This one's really special to me because obviously, if you guys know me, you know I love birthdays. I'm the person that that likes to celebrate for, you know, a week, which sometimes leads into two. I will I will also tell you guys how I'm celebrating my birthday this year because I just I like to share that. But I I'm just so grateful. I kind of have goosebumps right now as I'm thinking about just how much I have grown in the last year and how much my business has grown in the last year. And I'm walking you through several lessons that I've learned in hopes that you can take some of these lessons and apply them to your life, your business, your craft, and just continue to always chase something a little bit bigger and better. And that's not the same thing as being a destination addict, right? The people that are like, oh, I'll be happy when, or I will buy myself that Louis Vuitton bag when, you know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying, but I am somebody that is always trying to better myself, better my team, better my business, better my clients. And just reflecting on the last year, There's just been so much growth, and I'm so excited to share it with all of you guys. So this episode is just very, very, very special to me um, and also very personal, you know? So I just want to kind of paint a picture for you guys. Um, You know, one year ago – so first of all, my business actually just turned two, okay? It just turned two. August 20th was her birthday, so – that already is crazy to me, right? Because, you know, I think about how how much growth has happened in two years, let alone just one. But, you know, walking away from a career that I had been in for 10 years and then going into to business, right? Anyway, so a year ago, I was hitting about 250K a year, okay? Quarter million dollar business annually. That was just fitness coaching, right? And it was about August – last year, maybe June, that I started dabbling into business coaching because people were asking me, Taylor, how are you doing this? How did you build a quarter million dollar fitness coaching business in one year? That's insane. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll I'll help some people, right? And I wasn't doing it for free, of course, but I was just taking, you know, I took, I think, four people on and I did some private mentoring and I realized, holy shit, I'm in love with this. I love this, you know? And, and I, I just was like, oh my God, this is what I need to be doing. And I still have a pretty big roster for fitness clients. I mean, I have around 30 fitness clients right now. Some are bikini competitors, some are powerlifters, some are lifestyle. And I love, I love coaching. I love coaching. I don't want to ever not coach. Um, 
but the primary focus of my business, I mean, I, I basically took a huge pivot. And so um, it's been crazy to to say the least of how much growth has happened. And so anyway, a year ago, I was hitting 250K annually and my business has more than doubled. We are expecting to hit over 700K this year in revenue, which means I will be hitting that seven figure mark within just two years, which is crazy to think, guys, crazy to think. Um and you know i've i've hired a team um hired a team up to six people was at the biggest um i'm building my dream house right now in dallas which i'm so excited for i feel like it is taking forever even though it's it just started 2 months ago but i feel like i'm watching <laughs> watching paint dry or water boil right and um, you know, it, it's just been so insane. And a year ago, also, just to put this into perspective, guys, a year ago, I did not even have a VA, which is crazy to think about. I didn't even have a VA. Um, and let alone a social media manager or or things like that, right? And I'm gonna go through all of the hires I made too, because I think that people oftentimes think, when should I hire? How should I hire? Right. And I, I do have a podcast. Um, with my OBM on specifically that topic, but I will dabble in that a little bit because again, not, not to be, you know, selfish, but like this is a little bit about kind of my journey and I'm, I'm sharing all of my, um, story with you over the last year to help you build your business out and just know that it's totally possible. Right. Um, okay. So before I dive into, you know, the lessons and all of that, I do want to say, I have to tell you guys about my birthday plans because I am so freaking stoked and I'm having just the, it's just such a Taylor birthday, you guys. So let's just first by say, like, let me first start with saying, y'all know I love shows, okay? And I'm, some of you might know them as concerts, okay? But the music I listen to is like underground, uh, emo stuff, right? Like hardcore, that kind of stuff, right? Anyway, uh, pop punk as well. But the bands I listen to are obviously not on the radio. Okay. Like they're not. So I call them shows. They're not concerts. They're shows. Anyway. So I am, I have been going to shows. I've been to like two so far this year, which has been, they've been amazing. Love, love, love. Um, I'm, I'm getting my personality back. You guys know that real. That's like, I'm getting my personality back. Like that's really how I feel. Okay. Shows are back. Live music is happening. Your girl is thriving. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I've I've played drums my entire life. I've actually played since I was about eight years old. Um, and my dad, my dad still actually is in a band. He's the lead singer, plays guitar, things like that. Um, and you know, when I when I was growing up, like he would always have rehearsal at the house. I mean, he's always had um, like day jobs and things of that nature, right? But ever since he was twelve, he started playing guitar and singing, and so he's just always done that. And that's that's actually how my mom met him was at a show. Um, which to me is so funny. So for my eighth birthday, my dad gave me a drum set and I started playing. And um, anyway, so that's that's kind of like how I fell into that. And so I always grew up around that like rock music and that vibe. So that's truly how I started listening to what I listened to. Um, <clears throat> anyway, but yeah, so that's kind of like, that's the background of how I got into emo music, right? But anyway, so Simple Plan is one of my favorite like old school emo bands, probably like, you know, I mean, I was in, I was in elementary school, you guys, and I was singing like, I'm just a kid. Right. And my parents, I remember my mom, my dad didn't say anything. I remember my mom thinking like, 
are you okay? Like, are you sad? Are we good? Like thinking that like, oh God, my daughter has depression, right? And then it's funny because now my mom is obsessed with Simple Plan. So is my dad and my stepdad as well. And so (laughs) my whole entire family is going to see Simple Plan on my birthday, you guys. Like Simple Plan is playing on my birthday. I'm so freaking stoked. And I've always had such good luck with this. Like every, I, I don't know what it is, every year on my birthday, or at least several years, several years out of the last like five or six years, there have been really good shows on my birthday. And so anyway, I will be in Dallas seeing Simple Plan. Um, a few of my friends are going as well, but like it's, I'm so excited. Um, and then one of my friends and I are celebrating the weekend prior with like, you know, good food, Airbnb, like that kind of fun stuff. But anyway, that's what I'm doing and I'm so freaking stoked. So anyway, you can expect to see all of that on my story because your girl is fucking hype. Okay. So anyway, I had to tell you what I'm doing for my birthday because this is the birthday episode. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and dive in now to, to lessons learned and I'm going to break these down, um, in three different categories. Okay. And, and these are not going to surprise you if you know me. Okay. But we're going to break them down into systems, strategy, and mindset. Okay. And then I have like some closing thoughts for you guys as well that I'll get to. So, The first thing I want to say is something I've really, really learned again and again and again is good people do bad things, guys. Okay? So this was the first year as I really started to scale my business, right? Scaling means higher prices, higher stakes, tighter contracts. Um, And sometimes people, even though they might seem – super nice, like they're great clients, people still will try to bail out of contracts and can turn into dicks, right? So without giving you any like real reason or not reason, but giving, Jesus, I cannot speak today. Can you tell my coffee is still kicking in? I think I'm just excited for simple plan. Um, Without giving you the specifics is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, people can still screw you over. Okay. And I think that in the last year, not that I was ever naive, I was never naive, but even in FCA, I I teach my clients, even at the base level, you need to have contracts, like very tight contracts. And you always want to have your contracts based on like the worst client ever. Okay. Like based on the worst client ever right now, you may not know what that even is. Okay. Usually we protect ourselves in, in, in simple ways like, you know, refunds or, you know, uh, recurring payments and whatever else, right? But, but I want you guys to really think about, okay, what if my best friend hired me and then tried to bail on my payment plan, right? Um, not saying that your best friend is going to do that. Not even saying that you're working with your best friend. But – and I'm not talking about a best friend, but I've had clients that have been – really amazing clients. And with a flip of a switch, something happens. And you know what? Like personal issues, like people have underlying mental health issues or stress, right? Like I've had clients where, you know, there's something going on in their personal life sometimes and that dictates how they speak to their coach, right? And I just want you to remember that having concrete systems in place is going to protect you. And I think even though we always want to see the good in people, we have to be prepared for the worst as business owners, which sounds awful. Um, And, you know, 
being a coach to my clients, uh, I am, of course, professional and I'm a coach, right? But I'm also a mentor and I'm also sometimes kind of like a therapist, not in a literal sense, right? But, you know, sometimes my clients um, or anyone, think about yourself, right? When you're having a really rough day, if you are going through it, right? Like you're not going to show up as authentically on camera. You're, you're probably going to seem like everything's falling apart. Like I know for me when I'm having a really great day and I'm happy, like I'm stoked and my business seems great. Right. And then that one day that, you know, I don't know, like two or three things happen back to back to back. You're just like in such a bad mood. And sometimes that dictates how you feel about yourself. Thus you relay that to your coach or something of that nature. Right. So you know, part of my coaching is also helping my clients navigate what is emotion and what is evidence, right? Um, I'm a very evidence-based coach. I coach with strategy. Um, that's just my style. I'm not more of like a woo-woo coach. I think we all know what I mean when I say woo-woo. But anyway, so just want to remind you of that. And then something else that I have recently invested in, um, And this is not a mandatory thing, but, you know, now that I do have a seven-figure business and, you know, there are just things that happen, like payments fail sometimes. And um, instead of having my OBM chase after payments, you know, all the time, I don't really want her worrying about that. So I hired a legal recovery team, like a finance, excuse me, a financial recovery team. So essentially what this is, is you have a you know, group of people working for you, usually like you're assigned one person. Um, and if there is a failed payment, whether it be, whether it be like the person has a new card, like it's not always like a bad thing, right? Like sometimes we get a new card and we forget to update our payments. Like I, that's me for sure. Like that's happened to me in the past. Like I've gotten a new debit card and I'm like, oh shit, you know, this was on auto pay. I need to fix that. Right. So without, you know, with my, without my OB having to do that, this person is designated to do that. Now, if it is something, for for example, like God forbid, if it's something where the person like intentionally cancels something without us knowing in the middle of a contract, this person actually serves as that customer service specialist before having to take legal action, right? So they'll reach out and be super nice and maybe even text them or email or DM them or whatever. Not Well, probably not DM them, but, you know, all of those precautionary measures um, to resolve the conflict. And Um, you know, I really have not had very many instances where somebody has actually tried to bail on a payment plan. I think that's happened to me literally twice, two times in two years. And both of those times I did recover the payment and find a solution. Um, however, I don't want to have to do that. So that's why I hired somebody to do that. Um, so that's been really, really helpful. Something to think about again, like, you know, this is something for those of you that are scaling to like multiple six and seven figures. I don't think you need this any earlier than that. But, um, in addition to that as well, like I did hire a legal team, right? So instead of having, I know a lot of people when they first start coaching, they will say, oh, like I'm going to have my friend who's a lawyer look over my contracts or I'm going to ask my friend to do this, right? I think we all have lawyer friends. However, what you'll really need to save money and to get more of an expertise opinion, because let's be honest, like your friend who's a lawyer, you're probably not paying them. And if you are, it might be a discount and they may not be super specialized in your area and expertise. And also, 
a private lawyer is much more expensive than a team. So I actually utilize a company called Legal Shield. This is not a advertisement. This I do not have anything affiliated with them or anything. I just really, really enjoy working with them and I wanted to tell you about them. So Legal Shield is something where um, you pay, I think we pay, I don't know, like maybe $100 a month or something like that. And um, the the payments start at like 40 a month and go up from there, I believe. However, the lowest tier, you can only go after people in your current state. And with me being an LLC in Ohio, however, being an online coach, like most of my clients are not in Ohio, right? So I needed to get like the premium, which basically there's no jurisdiction, I guess. So if I need them to look at a contract, they do it for like basically you pay $100 a month or whatever, and they do all of this included, right? Like this is all included. Looking at your contracts, they will send a letter to your clients basically saying like, yo, pay her money, right? Or else we will take this to court, right? Um, they answer any questions you have. They get back to you in like literally like same day. It is so amazing. I've really enjoyed having them. Um, and it's just that peace of mind, right? Because you can only fight so much by yourself and there's just not a lot of legal backing when it's you versus you. You know what I mean? So, um, or like you versus a client versus like when you have a lawyer with that letterhead, like that really goes a long way. So I would encourage you, you know, a legal team is something that you can invest in pretty early on. If you're somebody though, that right now listening to this is thinking, I should probably look at my contracts a little closer. Um, I would always say that, you know, I've definitely had clients come to me previously where they are trying to get out of like another obligation. And I'm like, let me look at your contract. And I've looked at it and I instantly am, am telling them this contract isn't even enforceable, right? So if your contract is like, you know, a page long and it's like just a quick signature, I'm going to encourage you to definitely take a deep dive into that. Again, I'm not a legal expert, but as somebody who's written plenty of contracts and with my background with investigative reporting, being kind of like a nerd with that kind of stuff, I would say, you know, you definitely, definitely need to have some solid contracts. And like I said, the, the higher you scale, you know, um, the more protection you need to have for yourself. So those are kind of like the systems and strategies that I've kind of learned, just lessons I've learned. Like I said, I've been burned a few times by people that I thought would never screw me over. And I realized that after a few failed payments, I was like, you know what? It's time to invest in something where this is not my issue, right? Because I was finding that I was spending, you know, too much time um, dealing with that kind of stuff. And so I'm at the level right now where it's like, I'm going to outsource anything, right? I always tell my clients, no matter what level you're at in your business, doesn't matter if you're the beginning or you're, you're hitting seven figures. If you are the reason that things are not moving faster, you need to outsource. And I felt like that I was the reason that I couldn't resolve these financial payment issues because I'm not in the back end, right? Like Jenna is in the back end. Jenna is, you know, the fucking best. And she is my right-hand woman, right? And so it's like, and I don't want her to be bogged down with that either though, because I want to utilize her for other things, right? I don't, I didn't hire her to be a secretary, right? So that's, that's just something I needed to outsource to relieve her and to give me peace of mind and just let it be with the experts. Like Jenna is not a legal expert either, right? So just needed to move that out of her, out of her wheelhouse. So now I want to talk about strategy, okay? And I think you're going to really enjoy some of these no matter what level you're at in your business. I know I keep saying that on this podcast, but it's true. Like the lessons that I've learned in the last year can relate to wherever you're at, okay? So the first thing I want to say is, you know, you can't convince someone to work with you. Let me say that again. 
you cannot convince someone to work with you. Okay. I, I hate hearing no, probably more than a lot of people. Okay. Like, I don't know if this is because I'm an only child. I really don't know where this stems from, but I hate hearing no. And I caught myself in this cycle of trying to just convince and convince and convince. If somebody said no, I would continue to push and push and push. And I wound up disappointing myself in the end, right? Because in reality, what did I learn? I learned that that client was never for me anyway, right? And I think that you have to realize that whenever you are trying to find new clients, right, and you schedule a phone call or something, not everybody is going to say yes to you. We have to understand that. But even if somebody says no, usually they don't say no. They usually say like, let me ask my husband or, you know, oh, let me like run some numbers or something like that, right? And then they'll kind of get back to you. And they they sometimes don't get back to you. Or if they do, they're, they're caught up in themselves, right? And oftentimes I would find that people were like, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. That's typically the objection that I get because people that are looking to start their business are afraid to invest money. Even though even though nobody has money to invest in the beginning, right? You still do it. Like we all, we all do that. That's, that is simply the difference between those who scale faster and efficiently and those who do not and stay, and stay small. It's those who make the decision to invest in a coach truthfully. And that's not even a selling point. That's just a, that's just a fact, (laughs) like, you know, and, um, I would get myself like worked up like, oh my God. And it's not because I like wanted the sale. It's because I am, so I'm a, I'm like a project person, right? Like I'm the person that really wants everybody to realize their potential and I get so frustrated when people can't realize it. And so I would get on these phone calls and I would have these really amazing conversations with these amazing human beings and then they would just be like, I just can't do it. I'm just not ready. And I'm like, no, you are ready, right? Like, you know what I mean? And it would just frustrate me and it would get, oh, and I would spend so much energy um, like trying to convince these people to work with me And again, it wasn't because of the sale necessarily. It was because, again, I just knew that they had so much more potential and I wanted them to realize it and I would get frustrated when they didn't realize it. Um, So yeah. And then, so just remember that, okay? Like I have so many resources. I have so many podcasts on, you know, things like DM strategy, filling your roster, um, leveling up at different income levels, right? Like I've got a sales call strategy. So I mean, definitely take a look at some of the podcasts I have. I'm not going to go into like how to find clients on this, but I just want you to know that like if you're using energy on these people that are clearly just not meant to work with you, like let them go because chances are after they've had a call with you, you're on their radar. They're going to continue to look at you and watch you and follow you. And maybe down the road, they'll hire you. More than not, that's honestly happened to me quite a few times. Um, Next part of strategy, people hire you when you show them authenticity. Okay. I don't really, this one's interesting because it's, it's definitely a lesson learned, but it's not something that I didn't think would happen. It's more like a patience thing. So I remember back in August a year ago. I was working with my business coach, Marie Wold, at the time. Um, We worked together for about a year and we'd only been working together for probably a few months at this point. And I remember telling her, hey, 
Probably like that. Hey, <laughs> hey, I want a business coach. I like not want to hire. Like I want to be one. I want to start business coaching. And she said, you know, my first question was, do you think I'm ready for that? Because I would never want to dive in to something that I didn't feel like I had authority in. Okay. And she's like, Taylor, I would for sure tell you if you were not like you were more than ready. You are an amazing, an amazing, um, coach. I know you could do this. And I was like, okay, cool. So I had this idea and I was like, okay, well, I want to start doing this. Like, what do I do? And she was like, well, I think you should start talking about mentoring. And I said, okay. And so I filled about four spots, you know, just offering this one-on-one mentorship. And then I started to get this idea that I eventually wanted to have a course. I said, I want to create something that is for new online coaches to start and scale their business. And I want it to be really different. I want it to be something that incorporates coaching methodologies as well, because I don't, I want you guys to have, you know, a booming business, but if you don't have confidence in your coaching and that mindset component, I don't want to do it. Like that's just, I just knew that ahead of time. Right. So I had this idea that in the next like six to eight months, I wanted to have this course, but for now I was still trying to fill my roster with private clients. And it, I I just remember telling her like, Hey, how do I do this? Like, why are people not coming to me as fast as I want them to? And she just kept saying, Taylor, you're basically starting a new business. Like you're, you're pretty much starting over, right? Like maybe not in those words. She probably didn't say it in those words, but you know, when you first start building a business, right, it takes time to build authority. Okay. And I was basically doing it all over again, because at this point my posts were 100% fitness, 100%. If you scroll back far enough, you'll see that. And I decided to just flip it upside down. I mean, I didn't even ease into it. I just said, fuck it. And immediately I started posting 75% business content, 25% fitness. So I had three business posts a week and one fitness post. And that's what I did from, you know, October to probably like December. And I knew I wanted to launch a Facebook group in uh, January, which is when I brought my OBM on at the end of December. And I basically went 100% business at that point in time, okay? And at this point, I was getting more clients. I had about, I think I had eight clients and I had raised my prices significantly. So I was seeing how this pivot was truly working. And how was it working? Because once again, I was showing them authenticity. I was talking about how I built my business. I was showing them the difficulty in pivoting. I was showing them how I had built this business in only a year and all this amazing you know, work had gone into it and I left my job and I was laid off and whatever, right? But ultimately, like constantly sharing my story was my transformation at the very beginning, right? Because I know that new coaches oftentimes say, Taylor, how do I get new clients? Because I don't have any proof. I have no testimonials. I have no before and afters, right? What am I supposed to do? And I say, use yourself. I think that sometimes people forget. <laughs> I Like really, I think, I mean, I'm going back to like day one, right? But I think that sometimes people forget that I, I once upon a time had zero clients, guys. And 
you have to continuously work and put in that effort in the beginning to get over that hurdle. And then flash forward two years now where we're at a seven figure business, but these lessons that I'm teaching you, right, they're applicable to any of you, wherever you are. And the hope is that if you're constantly bettering yourself and constantly checking yourself, you will scale and you will succeed. But we all start somewhere, including me. And I just think it's, it's, it's important to remember that, right? Like I did, I, I didn't start out with, you know, a full roster of FCA. I didn't start out there. So just remembering that, right? And then, you know, as I continued to build that authority, right? I, I knew that I wanted to launch FCA. And so I came up with the title. I was doing a lot of market research. And I was talking about behind the scenes FCA stuff between January and March. And I launched it in March. And we had a $64,000 launch. I filled every single spot in four days, guys. Every single spot in four days. It was insane. And then I brought it back two months later. And we more than doubled that launch and had a $141,000 launch. Like that's crazy because of FCA. And that is proof that the authority was built. And it was built in about eight months, okay? Eight months of a lot of consistency. And then when you look at Six Figure Fitness Coach, that's for my clients that are looking to hit their first six figures and really become CEOs, right? That's where I help them, you know, launch, create a second offer, uh, expand their content, you know, uh, funnel marketing, all of those kinds of things. Um, I filled 20 spots, never even launching. Okay. Like it just was, it was kind of like a word of mouth thing, to be honest. Um, I didn't really do a formal launch, which speaking of, I'm bringing it back in October and it will be a launch, but you know, it was, it just kind of filled. And so that's, that's how, you know, you've built authority when people are just sliding into your DMS and saying like, Hey, I would love to work with you. How can I do that? How can I make that happen? And it takes time. And I think that we often think, okay, I've been busting my ass for, for a whole month, like 30 days and nothing's happening. Okay. Well, you know, usually your first five clients, it takes some time to get them and then it's quicker. Right. Um, I know for me, like my first four, four, five, six, seven business clients, it took me a lot of marketing, a lot of talking in the DMs, but now it's just a little bit different, right? Not that it's, I don't want to say that it's easy by any means, right? Like it's, I think it depends what level of coaching we're talking about. I think it depends in what's going on in my life, but I do find that it is easier to fill spots because when people come to me, they've already heard a little bit about me. They kind of know what I stand for. They know my vibe. Um, and it's really just hopping on a, hopping on a call and making sure we're a good fit at that point. Right? Like nobody at this point is like, Oh my God, your prices are crazy or like whatever. Right. I'm just giving you an example because you know, when people come to me and they expect a high ticket offer, they expect a high ticket offer because I'm a high ticket coach and I get, I get my clients results. So that that's all the authority that's been built. And I think I just want to remind you to be very, very patient. Okay. And the last component of strategy has been, you know, bigger investments mean bigger payoffs. Okay. Bigger investments mean bigger payoffs. So how much have you invested in your business? I'm just going to give you a second answer that question. I mean, truthfully, how much have you? So I posted on this probably was a few weeks ago, but I did a little, little canvas swipey swipe 
on how much I invested. And they were, they were kind of rough estimates, to be honest. Like I haven't like, you know, hard tallied it up. But when I'm thinking about investing, I'm thinking about like, you know, every single service I pay for that's a monthly subscription. I'm thinking of my team. I'm thinking of my business coach. My business coach is always my highest paid team member. I look at my business coach as a team member, even though technically like that's not the case, right? In my head, it 100% is because without a business coach, I would not be here. Like end of story. Again, this is not a sell. This is not a pitch. It's just being so real with you guys. And I think about this all the time, truly, because if I would have never invested, like my first business coach, you know, I invested six grand for four months. Okay. And at the time that was like an entire month of my income almost, right? Like that was scary. And I dropped six grand. I remember I had to like open up a new credit card to make that work. Like, I really remember that. That was, that was rough. Now, what did that six grand get me? I went from making 6K a month essentially to making like 20K months in a year. Okay. And I continue, and I invested after four months, I invested um, 10 grand, right? So I invested 16 grand, which sounds like a lot, but I learned so much and scaled so much, right? Then I invested in another business coach, okay? This was a, you know, and I work with Sabrina Phillip right now. Um, She is amazing, so smart, so well-spoken, just very, very, um, she's a fucking badass. Like that's all I can say. I love her. And I knew she was high ticket, right? I wanted to work with her for, for months and we had kind of been in the DMs for a little while. I had gone to a few of her master classes, but she made it very clear that I would not be able to work with her um, private in the in the capacity I wanted to. Like she has masterminds and things like that, but I I'm I wanted to be private. Like I wanted to be a private client of hers. That was a goal, and she made it clear that I was not going to be able to work with her until I was hitting um, like thirty to forty k months, right? And so, like the second that I got there. I was like, I hit a 40K month. Like I'm 40K, whatever, right? I was like saying these things and I got super excited. And, uh, you know, so she had not taken a private client on in I think over like two years and she decided to take me on privately. Now, that private commitment, okay, for a year was about 100 grand, guys. Now, did I pay that right up front? No. Okay. But I, I, at the time when I first hired her, right. And I've definitely scaled quite a bit since then, but I was spending like 35% of my income. It was like 35% of my income on, on a business coach. But I knew that investing that and going to that higher level coach and investing more was going to light a bigger fire in me and I would scale faster, more efficiently, and I would learn new strategies. And my income increased significantly in about 60 days with her, you know? I mean, um, it's and, – and again, like it's just been – I can't imagine not having a business coach, right? Because there's 
you don't just know how to create launches by yourself. You don't just know um, how to create like a, a, a funnel or email marketing. You don't just know how to run ads. You don't just know how to hire and outsource or um, those, those, those skills are just not like in great, like we don't understand that. Right. And so I know that you're thinking, oh my God, a hundred thousand dollars is so much, but again, it's all, it's all in relation to where you're at. Right. So my point is, is like, if you have a day job and you're trying to start an online business, like, you know, 5k might be your investment that seems very heavy. Right. But again, if you invest 5k to learn how to make 5k each month, then that's going to pay for itself so quickly. And we have to look at things as investments versus spending, okay? So, and I always do. And that's why, you know, people ask, like, how do the rich get richer, right? So, you know, the people that are making more money, they are not spending more money necessarily. I mean, maybe on uh, sometimes, but generally speaking, these people are investing back into their business. And people that are like, if you're trying to stay in the same income level, it's like you get a paycheck and spend the paycheck, right? That's what happens. You get a paycheck, you spend a paycheck. Even if you're not making much money. I mean, when I was working in TV and my first job was, I was making 30 grand a year, 30 grand a year. That's a joke. That is a joke. Okay. With a master's degree, a joke. I would still save some of that. It wasn't much because to be honest, after I paid for bills and rent, it barely covered anything, but I would still try and put like, I don't know, two to $500 away in savings each month, just a little bit, as much as I could. So, you know, and again, the bigger investments, what else, right? I'm t- I've already talked to you about like the legal, the legal team and, um, you know, hiring like a social media manager as well to have somebody that's in my DMs helping me out so that I'm not constantly the one spending hours and hours a day in them. Not that, not that I was, you know, again, we'll talk, if you need DM strategy, you can go somewhere else, right? We have plenty of podcasts for you, but this is not the time for that one. But my point is like, I got, I just got to a level where I was like, I don't want to search for leads anymore. Like that, I want to spend more time on my clients and projects and things of that nature. And so I hired a social media manager. Um, and that's been super helpful as well, right? So, you know, if you're trying to, well, you're always spending one of two things, right? You're always spending time or money. And if you're trying to get back more time, you need to invest and spend more money, right? So for me, like I want to get to a place and am working to get to a place where I only want to work about 15 to 20 hours a week. That's all I really want to do. And I want to travel more. And that's why, you know, I'm currently like building my house in Dallas. And uh, I've currently been getting everything, you know, like FCA, for example, is evergreen now. You can enroll anytime in Fitness Coach Academy. There will not be any more launches for FCA. It's just, it's evergreen. Um, And getting away from that live launch um, mindset, mentality, and structure. And that's all geared towards getting me to where I want to be. And that's having more time for me, right? We all start a business to get more freedom, okay? Put aside like making money, put aside impacting clients. We all want to have more freedom. And fr- that means that means something different to everyone else. I have a private business client. When she first hired me, she said, Taylor, I love traveling. I want to travel at least a week every single month. I said, okay. And she does now. She has gone for like anywhere from 
seven to 14 days every single month and is going to like Mexico, Croatia, like fun places. I think Egypt, I think she was in Dubai, like just really fun places, right? And that was her idea of freedom. Another private client of mine, she's like, I don't want to work any more weekends. I want to spend more time with my family, more time with my husband. And that is what she's doing now, right? So it's like, you. I think people assume that when you make more money, you have to work more. And that's not the case. When you make more money, you have more money to invest in team and support. Your business should not be a baby. Your business should be a machine, right? You don't want to have to babysit, okay? So now I want to talk about some mindset, just a little bit of mindset lessons that I've learned. So happiness does not come when X happens, okay? Something that I caught myself doing and again, you know, I, I think that there's, there's a lot to do with um, outside circumstances and um, being in a city that's, that's really not home for me. Like I, I, I do or I did rather, and sometimes I still have to catch myself. I've always been the person to overwork. I'm, I, I don't ever feel burnt out, okay? Like it takes a lot for me to feel burnt out. And I don't know if that's because I'm like Virgo, type A, Enneagram 3, like all of those things. But – I love my business so much that I could work Saturday, Sunday, and it wouldn't really bother me. However, I don't. But I was getting into a cycle before I hired my OBM where I was. I was working seven days a week, and it may it wasn't a full day, but I would just find things to do because it made me happy. And I was constantly saying, like, I'll go on a vacation when I make this much money. I'll buy that bag that I want when I do this. I will, you know what I'm saying? It was always like this, I'll do this when. And I'll never forget that one of the, the actually the very first assignment my new business coach told me was, I told her, I said, I really want to have a six-figure launch. And she said, okay. And I said, yeah, and I really want to get a Louis Vuitton bag. I don't have any designer bags. And I'm not somebody that's really, like, super into designers, but I just – there was this crossbody bag. It's gorgeous. It's kind of edgy. It really is a vibe. And I wanted it. And it was like, you know, pretty expensive. And she was like, why don't you just get the bag now? And I was like, well, because I want to treat myself. And she goes, Taylor, you've built an amazing business and you've never gotten a purse. Like this is nothing. Just go get the fucking purse. And I did it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then once you buy it one time, you become accustomed to that. So I'll kind of share a story um, I had a, an FCA client who, same kind of thing. She, you know, was making only a few thousand dollars a month from her online business. Her goal was to get to 5K months and she was getting very close to that. And she really wanted this, um, I think it was like a product keychain or something like that. And it was like, you know, 400, 500 bucks. And I was like, why wouldn't you just get it? Like, why, why do you need to wait? Like once you get something and you become accustomed to that brand, you feel less intimidated by it, right? So... Basically, I told her, I was like, your homework assignment is to go get a keychain. I want you to feel empowered because you have the power to do this now. And so, and again, it's all relative, right? Like I was not going to tell her to go buy a $3,000 bag, but a $400 keychain that she wanted, yeah, why are you waiting to buy that? Just go get it. And she did and she felt so empowered by that, right? And so I always say like if you're uncomfortable around luxury items and you keep thinking I'll do this when, start small. Start with a keychain, a pair of earrings, a necklace, right? It doesn't have to be the $15,000 Chanel bag or whatever, right? So um, 
just, just remembering that. And I have, you know, this whole year I've done a lot of spontaneous trips and it's been so rewarding. I'm somebody that never, I never do anything spontaneous. It's been really nice to do that. Um, I'm going to Vegas in, in a few months for like kind of, a like uh, surprise emo stuff, but, um, it's like a three day music festival, things like that. So anyway, and that brings me to my last point. Okay. Stop waiting to celebrate and appreciate the little victories along the way. You know, there's times where, for example, if you have four sales calls in a day and you sell all four sales calls, I want you to, instead of thinking about like, okay, what are my next sales calls? I want you to think, holy shit, I did that. That's amazing. That is so amazing. I just landed four out of four. That's awesome. Sit and celebrate. Or, you know, the first time you say no to working on a Saturday, like go out and celebrate that. The first time you were able to get all of your work done in an, effic- in an efficient time frame, right? Like celebrate that. The first time you finally like get, I don't know, 10 leads in one week, celebrate that. I think we're always trying to say like, I will, I'll celebrate when I hit six figures. I'll help celebrate when I hit seven figures, whatever. And, and, and that, that will come and then you still won't celebrate is my point, right? There's always something bigger or greener. And I think we have to just remember that we have to keep ourselves in check and we have to celebrate because not everybody is a business owner and can be a business owner. And so the fact that we are and we're taking these leaps, like that needs to be celebrated. Um, and I just want to remind you guys, this is kind of like my last, um, my last piece of wisdom, if you will. You can have it all and work less. You really can. You can have it all and work less. And I'm living proof of that. I'm living proof that I am the vision board I always created, right? At 29 years old, I have created a seven-figure business and I am not somebody with an entrepreneur background. And I just want to remind you all that you are in total control of the life that you create. You are in total control of the financial situation you are in. You are in total control of the people that you surround yourself with. And I hope this episode gives you peace of mind, strength, courage, and clarity to go out and truly get what you really want and deserve. And as always, guys, you know, thank you for celebrating my birthday with me. Um, It's been fun. And I'm sure I'll see you guys on Instagram. If you like this episode, seriously, shoot me a DM. I would love to know. I would love to know what lesson really resonated with you all. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. I want to give you a virtual high five for finishing another episode of the Taylor Living Podcast. If you're looking for a community of badass go-getters to bounce ideas and answer questions, join my exclusive goal-getter community on Facebook. The link's waiting for you on Instagram. Until next time, bye y'all.